0: You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Lumber 102 FM. Hello there, and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you for the next hour or so. I'm going to be looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. Uh, if you have questions any time during the week, you can call zero six nine 200 or you can text zero eight seven one double six nine eight hundred, and that also uh, counts as WhatsApp. So if you want to send any WhatsApp messages, uh, you can put it down for Tech Thursday Day or for myself, Patrick Sheehan. And the same, I suppose the easiest way is to reception102 at gmail.com. Um, you can send in your questions there and I can look up and find some answers for uh, any questions in tech you might have Um, and we actually have a question to start off this week Uh, this is Mike in Castle Mahan and he was asking a simple question how can I speed up my desktop PC so no there wasn't too much detail in the question that was it was as simple as that but uh, like if if it was quicker already and then it starts to slow down it could be that your hard drive is Maybe getting uh, full when, when hard drives get full, it can slow, so maybe deleting stuff off, maybe backing stuff or uh, something up onto an external hard drive that you can plug in. Um, they're pretty cheap nowadays, especially with SSD. If you're not too bothered about speed, you can get a, a, a standard HDD drive, a, storm, a standard external drive for like you can get a terabyte one for you know 50 60 quid if you shop around or less, even. Um so yeah there there are you can add in an extra drive into your you can get an extra drive for maybe 20 30 quid an internal drive and you know there's youtube tutorials and stuff about how to t- add another drive into your computer depends on the type of pc you have but if it's a standard desktop Uh, a lot of them allow you to add an extra drive uh but when it comes to speeding it up um if it's not the 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 drive being full or something like that um you could look at if it's just was always that way uh you could look at upgrading the ram is the easiest place to start off i did that with my laptop and i've done it with uh, my pc as well um check the model number online see what's the maximum amount of ram that you can put in I suppose standard, they might have, like say the the laptop I got had four gig of RAM and it was capable of taking eight. So I got two, you have to make sure you get the right hertz uh, of RAM sticks to match your computer. But if you Google the model number and say maximum RAM capacity, something like that, it'll usually give you all the information you need. So you can do it that way, which will help the the booting speeds and processing times and things like that. It'll it'll, uh, it'll speed it up for you. Um, you can also, uh, if you're a gamer and things like that, you can change out the graphics card or add, add in a graph. Say if it's just a built-in graphics card, you can add, and you have slots to expand. And same thing again, look up your model number, see what uh, kind of graphics cards you can get. And you can get some cards with dedicated RAM in their graphics cards, you know, two, three, four, five gig, Mm. anything you want. um, And they would have HDMI outputs and VGA outputs and um, uh, DVI they're called, the other one as well. So that would upgrade your... Uh, picture quality and your frame rates and also speed things up uh, when it, plays, it comes to playing games and things like that. So You can also, of course, one of the best ways of all, uh, another way is um, the actual hard drive itself. You could swap it out um, for an SSD drive, but the only thing is you're going to lose everything you have on it unless you can take it somewhere to get it cloned, where they can they can copy your stuff onto onto a new drive, or you could plug it in internally uh, and use uh, some software. Um, but a lot of them are premium softwares; we have to pay. But uh, I'm sure if you looked around, you might find a free cloning software where you can actually clone your drive onto an SSD drive and then use that as the main drive and maybe wipe out your old drive and use it as a storage drive or something like that. So that would definitely help your boot up times It would help uh, whatever it's doing as well. So that's a couple. And, and of course, you could always just buy a new computer, <laughs> but uh, that's some ways. Uh, and most of that stuff has like YouTube tutorial videos and just make sure you're safe you know you plug out the computer before you ever work on it and things like that and make sure you get the right parts because often you could it double the RAM but have the wrong megahertz and have the wrong um, type of ra- RAM For it mightn't even fit in the computer at the first but even if it does it might actually end up slowing it down because it mightn't be the right um, the right one to match it and, you know, there's IDE and SATA, there's different plugins for the hard drive. So the, the best thing is to Google the model number and uh, find that out. But it's fun. I like doing it. I like working on computers. I've been doing more of it recently than I've ever been before. So that's, uh, that's a couple of ways to speed up your old PC. And I suppose the the, yeah, the, the the easiest way of all is just maybe delete some stuff off of it or back some stuff up, uh, especially if it's getting quite full because that, that, that's going to slow it down a bit. So let's look at some of the latest in tech through the different websites. And this is from RTE um, Science and Technology. Alphabet reports record quarterly results, uh, plans 50 billion buyback. So this is Alphabet is Google, of course, uh, the parent company of Google. Uh, they last night reported record profit for the second consecutive quarter and a 50 billion share buyback. But it warned that a surge in usage and ad sales during the pandemic may slow as people resume in person activities. With online consumer activity remaining elevated in the first quarter, Alphabet beat uh, analysts' revenue estimates and nearly surpassed the sales record it set. In the fourth quarter, Google ad sales jumped uh, 32% in the first quarter compared with a year ago, above expectations of analysts uh, tracked by Revinitiv. Revin- um, cloud sales increased by 45.7% in nine with estimates. So are... That's that's been the thing through the whole pandemic, the big billion multi-billion dollar and euro companies have made more and more and more and the small businesses have kind of suffered so the sooner we can get back to normal the better so you know um, the small businesses can get back up and running again, the, the hairdressers and the small shops and clothes shops and some of the other shops that have been uh, closed down for you know, the bones of a year or more now. Um, Apollo 11 astronaut Michael Collins dies at age 90. So very sad news there. American astronaut Michael Collins, who stayed behind in the command module on Apollo 11 uh, on the 20th of July 1969, while Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin travelled to the lunar surface uh, to become the first humans to walk on the moon, has died at age 90. A statement released in his family said Collins died of cancer, often described as the forgotten third astronaut. I I, I don't agree with that. I think he was... As famous as the other two you know I, I I always hear his name mentioned and he was you know very important in coordinating the whole the the whole thing while the other uh, two astronauts uh, Buzz Aldrin and and uh, Neil Armstrong were on the surface, and you know what he had the most difficult thing of all because he didn't have the payoff that the other two did. You know, he knew he wasn't not going to be able to walk on the moon. So, you know, to think about that, he actually sacrificed more than the other two because they had the payoff that he didn't. So, in a way, that he he made it. Uh, uh, a massive sacrifice, you know. Uh, so, an amazing life, and he'll be remembered in history forever, you know. Um, he lost contact with mission control in Houston each time the spacecraft circled the dark side of the moon. Also, it was doing, like, a, a rotation around the moon the whole time uh, while the, the the two were on the surface. Uh, not since Adam has any human had such solitude as Michael Collins. Uh, the mission log said... Referring to the biblical biblical uh, figure. Uh, he wrote an account of his experiences in his 1974 autobiography, Car- Carrying the Fire, but largely shunned publicity. Uh, they all kind of did. Well, Buzz Aldrin does a bit more uh, than the other two did. Of course, Neil Armstrong has passed away as well. But, um, uh, yeah, Buzz Aldrin, I suppose, did a bit more than the other two. But, yeah, no, they, they were. I suppose it was so much... You know, it was the biggest thing ever to happen in history, you know, and it hasn't been surpassed since. I know I would be a liar or a fool if I said I have the best of the three uh, Apollo 11 seats, but I can say with truth and equanimity that I am perfectly satisfied with the one I have. Yeah, well, as I say, he he kind of, uh, yeah, he made the biggest sacrifice of all because he didn't... uh, He didn't get to to the the big payoff that the other two did. Uh, Collins said in his comments released by NASA in 2009, uh, Michael Collins' grandfather was from Dunmanway County, Cork. Uh, Collins himself was born in Rome on the 31st of October, 1930, the same year as both Armstrong and Aldrin. Oh, so the three of them were born in the same year? I didn't know that, Now. Um... He was the son of U.S. Army Major General and, like his father, attended the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, New York, graduating in 1952. Uh, like many of the first generation of American astronauts, Collins started out in the Air Force as a test pilot. In 1963, he was chosen by NASA for, his, uh, for the astronaut program, still in its early days, but ramped up quickly at the height of the Cold War as the United States sought to push ahead of the Soviet Union and fulfill President John F. Kennedy's pledge of landing on a, mo- a man on the moon by the end of the decade. Uh, Collins' first voyage into space came in July 1966 as pilot of Gemini X, part of the missions that prepared NASA's Apollo program. The Gemini X mission carried out a successful docking with a separate target vehicle. Uh, his second and final space flight was the historic apollo 11 (laughs) what a way to to go out uh, on the apollo 11 mission was his last space mission amazing so an amazing life Uh, michael collins the astronaut uh, rest in peace Uh, So, next up, we have uh, some of the best games on PS5. Uh, Here are our favorite games on Sony's PS5. So, actually, that's a strange one. I haven't actually um, played any dedicated PS5 games other than than Astro's Playroom, (laughs) which is funny, the game that comes free with it. So, I really need to start getting it. Um, But I've, I've been having trouble with the PlayStation 5. It's been disconnecting reconnecting do you know there's a thing built into it now with the update that um, allows you when you turn off your TV it shuts down the PS5 when you turn on the TV it turns on the PS5 but when I turn on the TV and the PS5 turns on the controller is disconnected the media remote is disconnected won't be able to I have to shut it down and restart it with the controller Uh, so I don't know what that's about yeah it's very strange um and sometimes when i start it up and i pressed the ps button on the media remote it's saying um plug in with usb or or reinstall or something like that it keeps asking over and it comes up over and over and over again every time i press the ps button so it's very strange um but it is working okay um it's it's uh, when I get when I get it working, it's working fine. But there's just a weird connection problem with the main controller and with the media remote. It was just the media remote in the beginning, and now it's both. And uh, the update seemed to have fixed it for a, co- a couple of days, but then it went back that way again. And I have to. And my own remote control for the TV will actually work. Uh, the I don't know if that's interfering with it or what. I need to look into that. But it will actually work the PlayStation 5. Say, if I'm looking at Netflix or something, I can go left and right and up and down and choose. Um, but you, you can't go back. But it, it'll do certain things. The actual, just the, the TV remote. So uh, it connected up to it that way. But... Uh, i don't know if i need to disable that for its own controllers to be able to consistently work i tried turning off the the thing to to, to the turns it on and off with the tv um the new uh, that came with the new update and that didn't seem to make any difference um it still seemed to turn on by itself anyway so i don't know how maybe there's something on the tv that's connecting to it too so yeah maybe it's a settings thing or something but I need to look into it anyway uh, some of the best games ava- oh yeah and <laughs> I've only played one game the Astros Playroom now I have played loads of games but they're all PS4 games um, see I'm spoiled with the Playstation Now which is like the 750 games or whatever and you can choose and do- download any ones you want and that's what I've been doing uh, trying out loads of different games uh, it's very good for me because I uh, kind of on some games like Uncharted that I'll play all the ways through and I really like them but other games I just like to play a bit of them and then go away you know I like car racing games Gran Turismo now I'm playing it a lot the newest one still waiting for the the new one that's been made to come out but the, the current one is still pretty good and they keep doing updates to it um so i play that and i do enough like two races or something every every couple of days to get the, the daily bonus where you get a free car so i've been <laughs> i just do that i just log in do a couple of races and then oh daily um activity thing and they give you a free car and then i then i shut it down and <laughs> or I play a different game or something um so but there's a there is some of the best games here on cnet so this might give me an idea of which game i want to get there it's the prices as well they're so expensive you know up to 70 quid now and that's a bit above my budget now when it comes to buying games and things like that so i'm gonna wait until the new spider-man comes out and the old one is on sale or something like that for like 10 or 15 quid and then i'll get it uh or buy them second hand or download them on they're doing a sale or black friday or something and i'll get maybe a couple of games then or if they come up on PlayStation, now would be even better. Uh, Hitman Three, Hitman Three is the fir- first big game of 2021, and it's a good one too. Wrapping up the rebooted Hitman trilogy, I've never played any of the Hitman games actually, which began in 2016. Hitman Three received nine out of ten from CNET um, or from Gamespot, which is the sister company of CNET. Uh, and it's excellent level of design improved story and replayability and the last attribute is the key Hitman maybe about assassinations but it's more of a puzzle game than an action game I love those as well actually this sounds good to me I like the kind of Uncharted or um, Tomb Raider where you're actually solving puzzles and you move things around and uh, you know you're in an ancient tomb and you need you're trapped and you need to move like where mirrors to reflect light and into different and it takes about half an hour to do it I like those kind of things Um, and then you do a bit of shooting and then you're back to the next kind of puzzle you know it keeps you interested so if Hitman is like that it sounds interesting to me Um, you can play each level over and over to see uh, all the creative ways Agent 47 can can dispense with bad guys Uh, the game is available on both PS4 and PS5 among other consoles but the PS5 version has 4K 60 frames per second gameplay and improved haptic feedback Thanks to the sense motor. Oh, so that sounds good. Uh, Demon's Souls is another one. That was the big game that came out with it, isn't it? One of the most uh, conspicuous trends of the past 10 years has been the rise of, super hard, of the Super Hard game. Oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> A lot of that is chalked up to the success of Dark Souls uh, from Front Software, which hit the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in 2011. But Dark Souls itself was a spiritual successor to Demon's Souls, a highly regarded game from uh, from Software that launched um, in 2009. And now Demon's Souls has a second life on the PS5 and it's arguably the best game on the platform. It has a 92 rating on Met- Metacritic and got 9 out of 10 on GameSpot. It's been uh, credited for faithfully remaking the 2009 classic, but improving it with better movement and modernizing it with graphics that show off what the PS5 can do. Uh, The other one is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, It's an expansion of the 2017 Spider-Man. You can wear a backpack in which a small cat donning a Spider-Man mask pops out and attacks your enemies. I don't don't think I need to expand any further. That's as much as you need to know. Uh, So this is the one game I have played. Uh, well well, PS5 game uncharitably speaking uh, Astro's Playroom is a glorified tech demo charitably speaking it's a glorious tech demo, it is very good there's a lot in it, I keep going back and I like, oh I never did this before I didn't even know this existed there's like, you can play it for a kind of if you don't, you know, unless you're really dedicated and playing it all the time, but you can go back like weeks later and there's still stuff you haven't done and different, there's like you go off in different directions and down tunnels and into different lands and yeah, there's so there's a lot to do with. If you have the PS5, I definitely, am. Um, yeah, it's not just a demo for the controller. It's a proper game designed to show off what the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller can do. Astros Playroom comes uh, free with PS5, free tech demo, but doesn't scream uh, must play, but Astro, Astro's Playroom has received strong acclaim for being filled with clemer, clever homages to previously uh, PlayStation games and, more importantly, for being fun to play. Astro's Playroom makes no attempt to hide the fact that it's an excuse to show uh, what your gamepad can do, but it conjures a world that you'll want to see and explore, according to GameSpot's uh, Mike Epstein. So I'll agree with that. Uh, the Pathless, I haven't heard of this now. A third-person uh, action game uh, concerned almost primarily with the flo- with flow and movement. The Pathless is a pleasure to play every single second you have the controller on your hand. It's available on other platforms including the iPad, but I'd argue the best uh, played it's best played on a next-gen console like PS5 where the visuals and frame rate uh, reflect the slickness of the game's design. So that sounds good. Sackboy, a big adventure. The mascot of Little Big Planet is here to provide a more substantial platformer than the cute short Astros playroom. Sackboy, a big adventure, abandons the level creation that Little Big Planet centered around and instead focuses entirely on 3D platforming, but it remains the colorful visuals and the charm. Uh, No, it's not a Mario-level platformer, but it's accessible fun to anyone with a PS5. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. uh, It's far from an exclusive to the PS5, but Assassin's Creed Valhalla is still arguably the biggest game on the console i mean that literally it's a huge game uh the main quest will take you over 50 hours to beat and there's plenty of other good viking stuff to see on the side the ps5 version makes raiding england smoother with 4k 60 frames per second gameplay oh, so that's good and that's it yeah some of the top games there on the PS5 if you're looking for something to play Um, Godzilla vs Kong review it's a smash hit monster movie we need Uh, streaming now on HBO Max monsters beating each other up (laughs) over the years is the year's hit surprise yeah it's done it's done very well isn't it Um, keen to watch Godzilla vs Kong fight uh, at least one city topples to the ground, you've come to, to the right place. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong delivers exactly that. Dazzling action, colourful Tron-like... So this is in the game now, it's a movie, uh, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. So. Uh, Tron, Tron-like neon lights and a pulsating electronic score... Is set the surprise, is set this surprise hit sequel apart from earlier films in the franchise known as the Monsterverse that began with 2014's Godzilla. Uh, so, yeah, they're saying it's good. Um, is it out here yet? Uh, I must actually see we don't have HBO Max here do we? I don't think so. <laughs> um but yeah, I must look I must look up and see where to watch that. That would have been a, b- a big one for the cinemas but uh, they're all closed down at the moment so. Uh the 2022 Honda Civic is an all-round better saloon with more features, updated tech and a beautiful new interior and looks best Civic ever. Let's see what it says here. This is uh Cena talking about the new Civic, uh, Honda Civic that's coming out next year. <laughs> I was looking at um, a video of uh, it was a kind of a uh, like a preliminary version of the new Hyundai Ionic, uh, all electric one. And they had like lights at the back that were like a 1980s computer game. And, and the design was really cool. I uh, hope they actually go to production with the same kind of design. It looked really cool. But this is a Honda after teasing a new redesigned four door late last year. Let me see the picture. It looks quite similar to the current model, actually, a little bit. Well, because I'm used to looking at Type R's, but uh, it's kind of toned down. It actually looks like a kind of a late uh, noughties... um, Honda prelude not Prelude but a card Honda card so um, which wasn't a bad looking car. Uh, the wrapper has finally been removed on Wednesday. The 11th generation Civic is safer and more comfortable than its predecessor. Plus, it offers new features, much improved cabin, and slightly better fuel economy. In short, it could be the best Civic yet. Um, I'd argue the late 90s Type R is the best Civic. <laughs> the EK. Uh, Honda Civic Type R 1.6. That was that was. It's my favourite Honda Civic. Uh, while there are some uh, important structural changes uh, to this report, the Honda Saloon isn't strayed too far from the tenth generation. There's st- actually. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be out here in Saloon. I hope it is because they're stopping saloons everywhere uh I think the like the Ford Mondeo is going away um they're getting rid of them they're just t- t- people seem to not me but uh, people seem to just want uh, four by fours I, I the high up thing or something i don't know i don't I don't like them personally. But although saying that, if I like won the EuroMillions, I'd have a a Range Rover or a Land Rover Defender done up like a Tomb Raider style. (laughs) Anyway, outside of the Civic, styling is cleaner and more elegant than it's uh, probably ever been. Yes, it more closely resembles its predecessor, but yeah, that's what i was thinking. Uh, But it's a whisker longer, rides on a wheelbase that's been stretched by 1.4 inches. One, that's not a lot, and its rear track has been widened by half an inch more noticeably though the bases on the A pillars have been shifted rearwards by nearly two inches which uh, elongates the hood as they call it here because it's in America um, for a more premium experience uh, appearance the bonnet uh, so let's see does it say anything about engines and stuff Yeah, uh, it has a, like a screen in the middle most of them have that now like the new Ford Focus has that is that a pop-up screen or is it always there I'd say it's always there Um has like one, and Tesla are really influencing so many other car companies, aren't they? The screen, the big screen in the middle, um, all the electric motors going all electric, they're all going electric now. All every car dealer has an electric, a fully electric, or a hybrid, or a plug in hybrid. Um, so yeah, they're all going that way now uh i don't know if it's going to be coming out here though uh that's yeah 10.2 inch display as well as 12 speaker bose sound system on oh, it'll probably be good um nine inch screen uh, for the inter- infotainment system uh for better or worse it's similar to what you get in an Accord or an odyssey we don't have a, uh, do we have odysseys here or do we still have the accord even here i have a feeling they're, they're doing a lot of cars uh in america that they're not doing here now uh it's a two liter turbo uh oh no it's hardly turbo well although they're doing turbo nowadays honda in the new type r and stuff but they used to never do turbo much only diesels uh naturally aspirated two liter that pumps out 158 horsepower uh, 138 f- foot-pounds of torque uh, there's a 1.5 litre turbo Ford that now delivers 180 horsepower uh, and 177 f- foot-pounds of torque um, but I yeah I don't know I won't read too much more about them because I don't know if they're going to be coming out here the the new Civic Saloon Um Microsoft is changing the default office font. Oh, that's a big deal. And wants your help to pick a new one. Uh, It's the first time the default Microsoft Office font has changed in nearly 15 years. What has it been? Is it Times New Roman or Arial or Calibri? Uh, Microsoft is changing its default office font next year and wants everyone to help pick a new default. While there are more than 700 font options available in Word, Microsoft has commissioned Five new custom office fonts, in a move away from the Calibri font, yeah, that has been the default uh, in Microsoft Office for nearly fifteen years. Uh, its five new sans serif fonts feature a variety of styles, including the traditional, modern, and even one inspired by German road and railway signs. Microsoft is starting to gather feedback on these five new fonts today, and and it. Uh, wants to set one as the new office t- so there's a picture of these new ones now um and i the one of them is kind of very bold i actually like the top one. there's a list um on where is it it's on the verge uh of microsoft fonts if you want to have a look at them and they're asking which one so of the list that's written down i think I don't know, they're, they're all quite similar, to be honest. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Tenorite created by Aaron McLaughlin and Wei Huang is more traditional style out of the five. It almost looks like a more modern version of the default Times New Roman font from decades ago and wi- with wide characters, accents, and clearer punctuation. Uh, Skeena created by John Hudson. So they're, they're going through all the different fonts and they want you to choose anyway. Um, so that's very interesting. Netflix new Play Something Shuffle feature is here to solve your movie night indecision. No more endless scrolling through Netflix to try to find something to watch. Uh... I have a feeling I'm very choosy though I don't think uh, pressing a a button just play something um, it's going to help my fussiness. no I don't think so (laughs) Netflix is officially rolling out its new play something feature today Uh, to all of its users adding a button across the streaming service to ui uh, to automatically suggest new shows and movies that you've never watched before the play something button will appear in several places on netflix app including underneath your profile when you log in uh, the left side navigation bar and in the 10th row of netflix homepage Uh, the company has been testing the features for months under a variety of names, including Play, but today marks its official worldwide debut for all Netflix users. Uh, to start the starter company is rolling out a Play Something button on TV-based versions of the Netflix app, but it plans to start testing it on Android devices too. Um, what about Android TV? What does it mean, TV-based versions of the Netflix app? What about Android TV? That's also TV. Um, but yeah let's see Uh, Netflix is stressing that the play something button isn't just a random button that throws you to the metaphorical wolves (laughs) of the streaming services nearly endless well of content rather The feature uses your existing profile and taste and shows you uh, with shows and movies to surface similar titles based on what kinds you've been watching already. Okay, but it kind of does that anyway. It suggests, I prefer, here's a suggestion of 20 different ones based on what you like. You pick what you want rather than random. But maybe people want to random it. Um, Samsung announces a cheaper entry level Galaxy Book with no OLED. The new Flex 2 Alpha has a QLED screen though. Samsung announced two entry-level Galaxy Book laptops at its unpacked event, the Galaxy Book and the Galaxy Book Flex 2 Alpha. The former will start at $800 uh, according to Samsung. That price is subject to change and will launch in the second half of 2021 whereas the Flex 2 Alpha starts at $849 is available for pre-order now shipping in May. Uh, these round out the fleet of premium models announced today including the Galaxy Book Pro 360 with OLED screens that starts at $1000 and the thirteen Galaxy Book Odyssey Uh, so 15.6 inch 1080p LCD display, it supports up to two fast MVE SSDs has two USB-C ports, uh, one which can recharge the laptop uh, with the included 65 watt charger, two USB-A 3.2 ports and a HDMI port, a headphone jack there's no LAN plug in but um, nowadays, I suppose they're just uh, convert my I, my equipment is older, <laughs> so uh, as it's uh, usually I suppose a Type C to LAN converter or something probably comes in the box with it. Um, has a headphone jack, micro SD card slot, and an optional nano SIM tray for LTE. Uh, also, you can plug in your your um, SIM card into it um samsung mobile press site shows the intel pentium gold or celeron processor may show up in some models globally but the company hasn't confirmed uh, what will be the starting configuration in the us a samsung spokesperson told the verge that the final price and specs will be announced closer to its launch in the second half of 2021 according to a site linked above if you need more power you'll be able to bump it up to the 11th generation core i5 or i7 processors with the option of taking advantage of the Iris Xe integrated graphics Uh, and you can opt for NVIDIA's GeForce MX450 discrete graphics Uh, the Galaxy Book can be upgraded to 16GB of RAM Um, actually speaking of now that they mentioned i5 and i7 that's another thing too is worth checking if you are say wanted to upgrade your processor or something check the actual Speed of the processor itself as well because I've noticed there like some i5s are actually faster than some of the i7s. Depends on which one you get, uh, so you have to double check that as well. Um, rounding out the specs, the Galaxy Book comes in silver or blue, and every configuration will have fifty-four um, watt per hour battery (Wh) it's usually milliamp hours 50 or the the output the uh, how much it uses is it uh, similar to the galaxy book pro lineup this one supports dolby atmos audio uh, its webcam is a 720p hd sensor with a dual array mic uh, if you want a two-in-one laptop with a better q led screen that's still not as expensive as the Galaxy Book Pro Samsung has announced the two sizes 13.3 inch and 15.6 inch of the Galaxy Book Flex Alpha each model has 1080p QLED and it's uh, and either's Intel eleven eleven 11th generation um, i5 and i7 processors uh, the price of the 13 inch model it starts at 850 and that's all dollars as well so um yeah interesting uh, that they're doing the kind of the, like with the phones they're doing a, you know they do their, their S11 and Ultras and all that and then they do the, the A series as well uh, so that's kind of equivalent to the A series they downgrade a few different things but try to keep the specs pretty good to compete with the the ones that are trying to Uh, compete with the big ones for half the price kind of things like the Xiaomi's and the the Huawei's and stuff like that although Huawei's are kind of expensive now Xiaomi and uh, Realme and Redmi and ones like those Uh, it took Google 526 days to give you a way to search through Stadia's (laughs) 172 games if only Google knew anyone with experience building search engines Stadia this is hilarious I I, I haven't heard of Stadia since like a couple of weeks after it came out or a week after it came out Uh, I don't know anyone that plays it or uses it much so yeah I don't know what's going on with that But they're still going anyway. Uh, Stadia is an online game streaming service from Google, a company that is practically synonymous with search engines and the general concept of searching things online. Over the past two decades, the idea of Googling something has become a standard of language. So dominant has Google's search engine become in popular culture on an unrelated note 526 days after its initial launch Google has finally added a search bar to the Stadia store to better allow customers to search through their 172 games currently available um In addition to the new revolutionary search bar, (laughs) which the whole article is written on The the Verge with a a tinge of uh, sarcasm and humour, which Google says will be uh, reaching all players this week, Stadia is also debuting a new way uh, to sort players' libraries uh, to track purchases, um, purchase-free and Stadia Pro games. The company also teased an upcoming activity feed that it plans to roll out in the future. Um okay so this is like go going into another article about a Hasselblad camera so but uh yeah so that that's some of the updates that they're going to be doing. Uh Microsoft is finally fixing Windows 10 rearranging apps on on multiple monitors. Uh no more dragging your apps back and forth where they should be. Um they have lots of things to fix recently actually my brother did an update and it messed up his computer he was trying to do record a podcast or something he couldn't even do it um uh, he i don't know what he said it kept crashing or something like that after he did an update uh, so I think since they've done another they've said something the gamers were having problems with it as well uh, so I think they've fixed some of the problems with another update uh, but this is another problem it's been having uh, no more dragging your apps back to where they should be uh, if you're uh let's go back up if you're a Windows user and you use multiple monitors actually I've had a problem say I've been using audio editing software uh, and I'd I'd have something I'd have two screens on the one computer and if I start mixing down the audio the little symbol that pops up that you can't remove that says it's mixing down with the little bar that moves along appears on the other screen so it kind of locks up both my screens and you can't get it out of the way uh, some of them it, it it does that with most apps. Uh, for some reason, when it opens another app, it opens it on the first screen. If I move, I I haven't tried doing. it. I've always preferred to have it on on the right screen. We'll say. So I haven't tried just doing it on the on the right on the left screen and see would the little symbol pop still pop up? It probably would, but I don't know. It's just the way I have it set up. I prefer it on the other screen, but. Um, Yeah, that was another thing that annoyed me about it, uh, that it just doesn't stay on the same screen. I suppose it's a subscreen. You choose one and two, so I I suppose... It'll always jump back to one. So if I swap those, that'd probably fix it. Uh, so in the article, if you're a Windows user and you use multiple monitors, you'll probably experience the, ha- the headache of apps randomly rearranging when you resume from sleep. I haven't seen that now, uh, but I was using a laptop with another screen off of it, and I didn't move the apps over to the to the other screen. Really, I just opened, uh, as you say, like uh, editing software there and things like that. There have been a variety of ways to work around this for years, but Microsoft is finally addressing it w- and fixing it in a, future was, in a future Windows 10 update. The technical terminology we use to describe this problem is known as rapid hot plug detect, rapid HP, uh, HPD, uh, explains Michelle zhang uh, program manager on the graphics team at microsoft the behavior impri- impacts impacts uh, displayport multi-monitor setups uh, which results in unwanted desktop rearrangements the problem is particularly troublesome if you're using a laptop with a secondary screen Oh, yeah, that's what I, exactly what I was using. Uh, but it, it, I didn't... Or if, yeah, if I had moved the apps over... Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was happening. The, the other one was opening on the first screen. Uh, our additional monitor goes into deep sleep and Windows thinks it has been unplugged. Windows will then go ahead and move all your apps onto another screen and you have to drag them all back manually. It's a giant headache if you experience the issue daily. I suppose what you could do is whenever you would set up, there should be a like um, a set button where you can say okay this is the arrangement I want to save save arrangement and then if the screen goes off it'll pop back to the first screen but then uh, if you turn on the second screen it'll open back to your default to your set arrangement so I presume that's what I would do if I was doing it. That, like, you lay out the way you want and then press save as default arrangement or something. and then Or have a couple of default arrangements. That would actually be a good idea. Say my brother has, um, he does a podcast and uh, he's one of those uh, Elgato stream decks. So what that is, it's, a, it's a, an actual square board with, like, buttons that are also, like, tiny screens on it and what you can do is uh, if you're doing a podcast you can say you have a jingle with your intro and a jingle with your outro and you have um, if it's a video podcast you have pop-ups with your Twitter handle and with different things you can have 20 20- Different things, and what you can do is uh, open its uh, software that comes with it and drag and drop all the different things you want into a button so it actually appears. Say, if I had at Pat Sheehan MMA my Twitter handle, um, and I wanted it to pop up in a little uh, graphic on the screen, that will be written on the button. Uh, So I just press that button, it pops up on the screen. Uh, So you assign a job for each button, but you can. Have a whole setup um, saved. And then you can say, oh, I also do a podcast about cooking. (laughs) So (laughs) my cooking podcast will have all different. So you can have like, save that setup and then um, jump onto a different setup where you'll have a whole rearrangement of the buttons again with all different um, for your cooking show twi- Twitter handle mm-hmm. or something like that or your your intro and outro for that podcast um, so you, uh, you can have set arrangements so it would be handy to have I suppose it's like a, de- uh, a guest on the desktop or something like that but handy to have different arrangements I suppose you just log into a de- uh, guest account I suppose that would be the way around that but it would be handy if you could jump between them there probably is a way of doing it but um, the problem is particularly troublesome if you're using a laptop with a secondary screen you know saying that if you drag them all back man, it's a giant headache Microsoft has been working and uh, yeah the the HPD from a uh, re- To prevent it from rearranging windows apps and a fix is coming in the big windows 10 update that's due later this year windows insiders can currently get access to this build uh, 21287 or above but it does mean running a beta version of the operating system on a device microsoft is expected to ship this final update in october but if you can't wait you can go ahead and try the beta test now so that's it. Um, you'll soon be able to teach Google Assistant how to pronounce names. It's also bringing the full power of machine learning to bear on your timers. <laughs> on your timers. Um, so that yeah, that could be quite handy because p- different accents. Uh, Google sometimes doesn't handle the Irish accent very well. I try to have a kind of neutral accent <laughs> when I'm speaking to Google. It seems to, especially like... Um, Text to speech to text, which I'm, I'm bad at typing, so I use speech to text the last. But some of the <laughs> translations of what I'm saying, it does is very funny when it's typing out what I'm saying. Um, Google Assistant is getting a better way to correct its name pronunciation, as well as improved contextual awareness. Well, what they should do really is uh, a thing that you could maybe spend ten or fifteen minutes doing, where they give you a big script. And it listens to you reading the script and you maybe read a few words over and over again and it needs to hear it and learns your voice very clearly because sometimes uh, you, you, we, people pronounce things in different ways. So if it, if it was more custom that way and that way when you are doing speech to text or you're doing something, it recognizes your voice exactly. Uh, but let's see what it, what it is doing. Um as well as improve contextual awareness when it comes to setting and changing timers with your voice they announced their changes in a blog post uh, google said they would be rolling it out in the next few days if assistant has been pronouncing your name wrong uh, the new way to try to fix that is pretty simple you can just say your name out loud and google will try to learn the pronunciation um, the old way, which is still available uh, for those who wanted it, required you to spell it out the way you wanted and your name pronounced. I don't think I've ever heard Google say my name. Why would Google say your name back to you? I don't know. But uh, if you're looking to try it for yourself, you can go to the Google Assistant settings, then basic info, then nickname, and oh, you can oh, you set it up with a nickname. Say, hey, Patrick, it'll talk back to you. <laughs> um Then nickname, uh, it's worth noting that you can completely divorce your text name from the pronunciation, telling it to call me Jennifer while having your nickname written as as Mitchell, resulting in it saying M-I-T-H-L, like Mithril without the ri I, I don't know what that's about uh the blog post and video also shows that this will work for other contacts too great if you have friends whose name whose names the assistant constantly mispronounces okay so that's pretty cool uh some updates which is constantly happening uh with google and uh, ai software in general uh, General Motors has the solution for our crappy EV charging infrastructure. Ultim- ULTIUM Charge360 is the automaker's response to the fractured nature of EV charging in the US. Yeah, they really need to get together. They need to make like a car charging... Version of USB Type C on on phones and computers and things like that. They need to all Tesla and all the rest of them say, "Okay, lads, this is it. Now this is the the standard plug we're going to use. Come up, all work together, and come up with a plug, and that's it. And for the cars that are existing at the moment." have your your converters your little bit you plug in and then you plug it into that and in all new cars make them with this standard plug and they all you know make sure it can take enough power it can uh reverse charge if i seen the like that um the the new hyundai i was talking about the new ionic will be able to if say your friend breaks down and their car is stuck Uh, you can go and give them some of the power out of your car to get them going again that kind of thing it can reverse charge so make sure it can do everything it needs to be able to do or um that plug uh yeah so and the charging stations are kind of universal and in they all agree to go together so hopefully they, they can do that um much like ford does with its ford pass network the Ultium charge 360 will integrate gm's own vehicle apps and software with a variety of third-party charging services such as blink charge point eve also it's not just the car companies it's also the charging services oh okay so there's a lot it's not as simple as that Uh, such as Blink but I, I, I more meant just to plug in the actual slot to plug in so even th- that they could all like uh you can have a samsung a xiaomi a realme or whatever brand you can have 20 different phones all with type c plugins so you know it's still it still kind of counts uh so uh green green slots simmer connect uh, all these different companies and the goal is to create a seamless experience in which an owner of a gm vehicle can drive up to a station plug in and start charging without having to juggle multiple apps or third-party memberships also there's apps and stuff as well so it's not just there's there's a lot of different headaches yeah it should be that should be kind of oh yeah of course how do you oh you have to tell the charging it maybe it should be able to read your car or something and you should have a kind of uh everything set up in the car Maybe your car could connect with Bluetooth to your phone at a, another time and your account is built into the car. So it can actually plug in and also give information about your car. So it could say, okay, like when you plug in a cable, it can carry information and power. That Maybe there should be like a little prong in it as well for information so it can plug in and say, okay, this is... Patrick's account this is his car and he's charging up and it's going to cost whatever or it's free or I don't know uh, they used to be all free before but some of them are charged now and are, um, so yeah maybe something like that to be making things seamless as possible is what you want so using phone apps and different things like that uh, juggling around with different ones for different chargers and all is a bit awkward um, but I suppose if you're if you're s- uh tied up with one of the ev go company and then you stop at a flow charger it's going to be different as well but you can go to an atm that's uh like aib even if you're with bank of ireland or vice versa so that's that's another thing that can be worked out too um Our mission is to help every single person get whatever anxiety they have and help them into an EV in the most convenient way possible. Unlike Tesla or Volkswagen, GM does not own its own EV charging network. Owners of of GM electric vehicles must instead rely on a patchwork of third-party chargers, each each with their own software and membership requirements. The challenge, though, will be to ensure that it all works as advertised a lot will depend on the level of service i suppose people didn't like sign up for one uh, because it's nearby them and uh, they don't want every electric car to be charging on the same thing Yeah, see that's the downside of things that take time where you don't sign up for a petrol station and have you you know access to the petrol station because you're going to need it for an hour you know you stop you get petrol or diesel and you and you leave that's the problem with um the the slow speed of charging. Uh hopefully that's another thing with improving battery te- technology that they'll be able to charge much quicker. Uh these um graphene batteries and the, the the structural batteries which can charge and last longer. I suppose the ideal thing of all is that you can drive all day long and get home and still have like 20 percent battery left and then plug it in at home overnight or plug it in at your hotel or plug it in somewhere overnight and then it's ready to go in an hour or two again and it'll it'll last you know a thousand miles of driving that's what you want ideally you know Uh, and then there'll be no worries about networks and stuff you can just charge at home every night you know um well, it's, it's it's the power of charging too. I suppose the 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 networks outside are handy as well because they have much more power. Um, but I suppose if if evs are everywhere uh, people will probably invest in a charger a fast charger at home like tesla sell them i think they can their engineers have to come out and build it into your garage uh, a fast charger so you can charge at home more quickly because if you just plug into your standard plug it'll take longer but as the battery technology improves i suppose all that will improve as well um A good comparison is to Ford Pass Network, where the automaker first introduced in 2019. The automaker claimed that the Ford EV owners would have access to 12,000 public chargers, but the branding made it seem as if Ford were launching its own version of the Tesla Supercharger Network, when it was actually tapping existing stations from companies like Electrify America. Uh, speaking of which Volkswagen subsidiary is noticeably absent from GM's list of participating charger networks the automaker said it was seeking to add additional charging providers to its uh, altium network uh, so it's a ver- it's very messy I don't know, they need to find a way to streamline it and make make some kind of deals between them or something. Amazon's pay raise for over 500,000 workers comes at an interesting time. After a failed union vote in Alabama, more fulfillment centers are attempting to unionize. Uh, Amazon has announced over 500,000 of its workers will get a permanent increase in their hourly wages uh, starting mid-May, which is good. Um and well overdue uh, as low as an additional 50 cents an hour to as much as an extra three dollars per hour with a substantial chunk of its uh, 1.3 million person workforce getting at least as a small pay bump and the company is shared the company uh, shared uh that it's investing over one billion in these three pay increases well they've earned so much uh during the lockdown and everything that that it's about right that they do it you know um and just i suppose the threats of unionization alone has has made them uh start paying out so they're hoping that that will keep the keep them happy uh the staff happy but you know um yeah they have to mi- i've heard the stories of like the the warehouse is so big that that you have to walk like 2 miles to get to a bathroom and stuff that's that's no good like um so hopefully they, with all the money they're making they start treating their staff well and paying them well enough and things like that um, the last few stories here before we finish up Facebook claims it mistakenly hid posts calling for India's Prime Minister to resign the company says it didn't block posts at the request of the Indian government when Facebook users tried to view hashtag calling for the, resi- uh, hashtag calling for the resignation of Indian Prime Minister uh, Narendra Modi on Wednesday they instead saw a message saying that Facebook was temporarily hiding the posts in order to keep the community safe um, yes but sure they're doing that in America the whole time they've hidden loads of those kind of posts Um that's constantly going on uh, Facebook has now restored a post the company tells The Verge uh, that the hashtag was blocked by mistake and it claims it wasn't because the Indian government asked Facebook to remove it it also says the block was uh, a result of some of the content that used the hashtag but it did not specify what kind of content yeah it's more of the usual from the, the big big tech companies. Um, and the last story for today, Vivaldi is updating its browsers to block annoying cookie pop-ups. It's always handy with different browsers. Uh, so there's like an option in it now to remove cookie. Wa- I haven't used Vivaldi though. Uh, and I uh, remove cookie warnings, easy cookie list, or remove cookie warnings. I don't care about cookies. I don't know what that means. Um, the are two options you can tick Vivaldi is uh, announced today it's updating uh, the desktop and Android versions of its Vivaldi browser with the ability to block annoying cookie preference pop-ups I've never used that though Uh, is it one of the safe ones or what kind of one is it i haven't tried it now uh, thanks to the passage of the european union's general data protection regulation gdpr as i always say gd <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, always mis- I always say it wrong uh, you've probably had to click through at least one dialogue box asking if you'd like to manage how a site tracks you valde's new update lets you avoid these notifications with some major caveats while theoretically keeping you safe uh, from tracking uh, their logic for the new future for the new feature affecting affectionately called cookie crumbler <laughs> is that while uh, giving users control over how their tract is good doing so through a pop-up uh, leads to clicking allow or accept without realizing that unwittingly unwittingly users just gave their permission for trackers to create behavioral profiles about them Vivaldi writes uh, Vivaldi's built in ad blocker can theoretically already handle um hiding users from various tracking methods uh deploying deployed by sites so cookie crumbler is about removing the annoying hangers on the pop-up notifications that direct users to customize how they're tracked if at all Uh, uh, so that's pretty good yeah so that's what you want Uh, you don't want to be tracked i suppose um yeah you think you're just allowing the website to to show you stuff or something but a lot of time you're allowing trackers and things like that so um it's good to clear those every so often as well actually to go into your settings and clear cookies and clear history and clear trackers and things like that uh, and to have a good um, anti-virus software anyway Um, that's been the show for today i hope you've enjoyed it we've got through a lot and uh, all the latest and uh, the the advice there from mike in castle man i think it was i hope you get the computer running as fast as you need it and uh thanks for listening I'll be back again next week. This will be also posted up as a podcast so you can listen any time. Actually, never, I never get, give this information up, but it goes up as a podcast. You can check Tech Thursday with Patrick Sheehan and you'll find it on all your podcast apps like Spotify, um, uh, any of them. And Podcast Republic is the one I use and Spotify. Uh, so uh, uh, you can look it up there. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. Peace. You're listening to Tech Thursday on Wastermer 102 FM.